Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. And before we get to our next guest, let's talk about our coronavirus page. As you know, we interviewed Andrea Connor, president of Athena International, who lived through the SARS outbreak abroad in 2002. So she's got some tips for you as to how to get through this crisis. But also, we've added some business interviews. Linda Stevenson, Genevieve DeRose, and Aaron Green, all former guests on this podcast, are detailing how small businesses can navigate the crisis and our third interview sarah jennings she's a cpa and tells you how to get the business loans you need based on the new legislation passed check out the page at womenreallymeanbusiness.com slash coronavirus or you can go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com each interview is about 10 to 15 minutes so you can get the resources you need quickly let's talk about our guest Jean Christensen. She is the president and CEO of Jean Christensen Associates, LLC, and she educates you on how to win government contracts. And her firm specializes in small, minority, and women-owned firms. Let's get going. Women Really Mean Business, episode 78, starts right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Bolitnikoff, and I'm very pleased to have yet another guest. And her name is Jean Christensen of J. Christensen Associates, LLC. I keep trying to put the and in there for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, Gene, we're going to welcome you into the conversation, Aaron. I'm going to have you uh, go over your expansive bio because really, and and I'm just going to read from your bio here. You are a woman on a mission to help others achieve their mission. And there's certainly a lot of ways that you do that, but I'd certainly love to hear your story and of course, welcome you to the podcast. So Gene, welcome. Thanks for your time. Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for today's conversation. So I'll I'll just give you kind of like a high-level overview of of how I got started. I was very fortunate to be a part of my parents' business. They had a security guard firm uh, that they opened in 1984. And so I ran that business with them uh, from 1984 to about 2000. And one of the big challenges that, that we had as a small business was trying to figure out how to grow and expand the business on various different levels. So, you know, how did we, how do you grow and expand organically and how do you grow and expand um, with all of the different opportunities that are available to um, small diverse suppliers? I, I had heard a lot about getting certified and working with uh, minority and women-owned businesses. So long story short, um, sold that company and I started um, my business, Gene Christensen Associates, to really help other entrepreneurs gain access to corporate supply chain and government uh, agencies as well. Yeah, and, and you have a vast amount of experience in there. In fact, uh, and, and, and I love a guest like you because you gave me a lot of suggested questions. And what I noticed is a theme with these suggested questions is, is that it's really helping a small, and I imagine to medium-sized business, small to medium-sized business, really navigate the world of government contracts. And one of the first things that you talk about in your suggested questions is how can a small business identify opportunities within, within the government 
government, and I and I am sure, or with the government, I should say, and I'm sure that that is something that is definitely perking up the ears of our listeners right now. What would you suggest to people listening right now that would like to go that route? Well, first and foremost, people really need to know that the government is the largest purchaser of goods that supply in their area. So they should start by looking in their own backyard. And I tell people, you know, especially if you're just getting started, consider what are the local government agencies within your community. It could be looking at something like your local library, schools, uh, the hospital, the post office, things like that and then expanding to larger organizations. And so, again, it really starts with looking what's in your own backyard, kind of thinking about, you know, what types of products and services do government agencies buy? And we know they buy everything. And then I also, we are in a time now where there's a lot of support for um, small businesses. So really connecting to organizations like the Small Business Administration, local nonprofits that really help small businesses get started, and even corporations like American Express has programs. A lot of the big banks and other institutions now have programs that help small businesses get started. And one thing about winning government contracts, I guess it's one thing to identify Identify the opportunities that you have, but how do you navigate that space? What's uh, what? What are your recommendations for somebody that's listening that's never had any experience? Um, first of all, not even knowing what to look for, but then when they do find it, how to win that business? Yeah, so I I recommend market research. You know, not going into the marketplace and thinking that you can just kind of dive in because I think the government, you know, if you consider working with the government, there are um, regulations, there are rules, there's compliance. And so it's a complex, it's a complex business model. So if, if I was talking to someone to say, what's the best way to break in, I would recommend partnering with someone else who already has that experience. And there are a lot of um, advantages to partnering with other companies, especially the way some of the programs work within the government. The government has goals for minority women, service-disabled veterans, and other groups to work with larger contracts. They're called subcontracting goals. So if somebody wanted a quick education on how to do business with the government, my strongest recommendation to them would be either A, find a mentor that that is already doing business with the government and create a relationship with them where you can go after contracts together, or B, look for subcontracting opportunities where, again, the government has set specific goals for diverse suppliers so that, you know, you could get in that way. Or C, the, the longer route is, is really navigating it on your own, doing the market research and building a team. That's the other really important thing that people need to understand. Very, very difficult to navigate in the government space by yourself. I'm going to ask a dual question here, and it's, first of all, I imagine there's barriers to working with the government. However, in the second question is that I have, and this is really from your list of questions, which I think is comprehensive, and this is going to be very enlightening for people that are interested in getting government contracts. You also maintain that not only are there barriers, however, there are, it's not as unattainable as people think. So maybe you could speak to the barriers, but then how people go about working with the government and really kind of climbing over those barriers, if you will. 
Well, the barriers, I think, is first, it's lack of knowledge. You know, I, I work with a number of clients who have heard about doing business with the government and they hear about the small business certification programs and they are, they kind of jump into the ocean, if you will. And so that is a barrier because you don't know what you don't know. So it's really important for people to kind of step back, identify their target audience within the government space, and then align their products and services with what the government is buying. I've seen people, and I've done this myself, you know, when I started my second business, you know, you hear about, you know, there are a lot of barriers to success, although clearly I had a baseline of knowledge, but I started with zero. I decided that I wanted to go into a particular space. And because, again, in today's market, there's a lot of incentives to working with small, diverse suppliers. I started small. My first contract was $30,000, and that was something that was easy to work as a sole proprietor. And then I built up my skills. I built up my expertise from there. I built up my team from there, um, which enabled me now to compete for larger seven-figure contracts. And let's talk about small firms, particularly those that are owned by women, minorities, and veterans. You maintain that they're especially well-suited for government contracts, and why would that be? Because, you know, the government is looking for them. So, so if you think about an environment where government agencies and large corporations are now looking to engage with more diverse suppliers, I literally just read an article in Forbes where it spoke to that diverse suppliers literally have $3.9 billion worth of buying power. So large corporations and government agencies want to tap into that buying power. So they're literally doing outreach to uh, diverse suppliers to kind of invite them into their organizations, give them information about their, you know, how to work with them so that it's not as difficult as it used to be. And I'm not, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound easy, um, but I am working with corporate clients today, and my function is to get information about how to do business with them into the community and to help those companies prepare. Um, so we're, con- we're currently connecting companies to banks, financial institutions, lenders to help them get what we call procurement ready, meaning that they have necessary capital to work with large corporations and government agencies. And the same is true as far as other services like insurance, human resources. So there's, there's a lot of information available to help people get started. Okay, let's talk about marketing and costs. Those are probably two concerns that people have that are listening right now. Like, how do I market uh, to deal with the getting government contracts? And then also, what are my costs going to be as I'm going through? Because I imagine there's a bid process and it's pretty formalized. So maybe you could speak to marketing and costs. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up marketing because I teach a lot of classes to small businesses that that are struggling, you know, so I often hear sometimes that, you know, I can't get in. I don't know what I should be doing. And the first thing I say to them is, what what are you doing for marketing? And the answer is typically nothing, because there's an assumption out there that, you know, as a small business, we shouldn't be talking to government agencies um, like it's against the rules. And that is a complete fallacy. It is absolutely critical Number one, for small businesses to identify their target audience within government agencies, because as I said before, you know, the marketplace is huge. So it's critical that you niche and that you know who your client is, what their problems are, and that you create content to be able to support those, support that 
So marketing is critical and it doesn't need to be expensive. One could start with something as simple as LinkedIn articles, updating their website, using uh, what's called a formal capability statement, things like that. You sound like you have an awesome dog back there. He's getting in on the conversation. He sure is. <laughs> um, what kind of dog yeah, is it? What kind of, what kind of dog is um, he or she? He's, it's, a, it's a she. I have two. And uh, the, the male is nice and quiet. And the, 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 little, the little one, she's just, you know. I guess somebody's walking by the front of our house or something. Well, no, because as we're so. doing an interview for Women Really Mean Business, so it really makes sense that uh, she would want to get in on the conversation, too. It's awesome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so how about costs? I mean, I know there's a formal procedure for getting government contracts. You have to go through a bid process, et cetera. So how does a business plan for costs? I think there's another uh, place where people need to get educated about you know, the cost associated with doing business. So I'll give you an example. I, when I first um, went into the government space, I thought, you know what, if I could make a hundred grand, that would be great. And, but making a hundred grand means I'm billing my client a hundred grand. There's cost associated with doing business. So it's, it's a good idea to kind of align with an accountant or a financial professional so that one has a clear understanding of the costs of doing business. So that could be things like licensing, insurance. You can't get into, you can't do business with the government without considering insurance, payroll taxes, like some of those basic things. So what I recommend again is that someone, you work with a professional and you literally think about what is it gonna cost for you to do business, taking all those basic things into consideration. The other thing I recommend, and this is something that happens a lot when we start businesses as women, we think, you know, what do I wanna charge? What is it gonna cost me to do this? Because a lot of us start businesses and do the work ourselves. And I recommend going into the marketplace and figuring out what it would cost you to hire someone to do that job so that you have a clear understanding of the cost associated with, you know, providing the labor. That's absolutely critical. And then last but not least, you know, thinking about equipment. Do you need any equipment? Oftentimes when we start businesses, we will use our own computers, our own cell phones, and we forget to include those costs as part of the overall project. So really being detailed about what is it going to cost me to deliver service from point A to point B, taking into consideration everything, travel, food, labor, insurance, all those things. And then make sure that you are making a profit. You know, don't give your services away. So uh, those are those are my recommendations. Well, let's get to our final two questions here. First of all, I'm going to suggest that people connect with you, and we're going to have a link to your website. It's Gene Christensen Associates, and we're going to have a link to your website on your show notes page. But is there anything else that you might suggest? You had mentioned SBA earlier, but are there any other things that you suggest that people should plug into so that they can better educate themselves in this area? We'll be back with our guest in just a second. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing here, why not get some extra from our guest. After every podcast episode, we have some fun questions for our guest that we give exclusively to patrons. All you have to do is go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com and check out the Becoming a Patron section. For just $5 a month, you'll get extras from each week's guest. For just $10 a month, you'll get the extras and we'll release the podcast to you before anyone else gets it. Not only will you get great 
extra content for yourself, but you'll support not only this podcast, but Athena International as well. So again, please consider becoming a patron at the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com. All right, let's get back into the episode. Yeah, definitely. You know, on my website, um, we're actually launching a series of um, free webinars. So my website is going to be a great resource. Check out the blog and check out the information there because we are talking about things like cost estimating, marketing, and those are great resources. Also look for resources in your area because there's a lot of um, help out there for women in particular. So look for the Women's Business Development Centers in your local region to see how you can connect with resources that are available throughout the United States. There's a lot of money going into helping to develop women-owned businesses. And then, you know, whether you're a small company or a large company, I think it's important for people to consider partnering and teaming with others. Right now, I'm in the New York City region, and I have to tell you, the largest projects that are going on in the region are a combination of two or three firms that come together to say, okay, we're going to we're going to form a joint venture to do X or Y. And I don't see us doing enough of that. All right. Well, we're going to get into our final question, although I'm going to make it a dual question because one thing I did not ask from your bio, and I want to get into this because it's very important. It's prominent and it appears a lot. First of all, I want to give you the floor and have you address the audience with whatever you want as we finish the podcast. But also, I would encourage as well you to talk about, um, and there's a few acronyms on your bio, MWSBE and MWBE. So maybe uh, maybe you can do a dual thing for us. Explain those acronyms, why they're important, and also address the audience with whatever you'd like to talk about as we close out the podcast. So, Gene, the floor is yours. Great. So, thank you for bringing up the acronyms because sometimes when you're doing business with the government, it's almost, it's called government speak. So, when large corporations and government agencies want to connect with women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses, they ask us to complete a certification so that it's clear that our businesses are owned and controlled by women. So one of those acronyms are WBE, and that means Women Business Enterprise. And the purpose of that is, again, when the, when the government and or a um, corporation seek to do business with women, they want to ensure that that business is actually owned and controlled by women. So it's really important to get certified so that you're easily identifiable by either your local government agencies, the federal government, and or corporations. So same thing is true. MBE, SBE are some of the terms for minority business enterprise or small business enterprise. So those are the different terms. Same is true for veterans. There's a certification called veteran-owned small business or service-disabled veteran-owned small business, and the, the government sets aside contracts specifically for women, for veterans. So you can't gain access to those opportunities unless you're certified. And, you know, the places you can learn about that, again, going to the SBA, Small Business Administration website, is a great place to start. As far as what I, you know, what I want people to know is that, you know, I literally right now doing market research for um, some other products and some other things that I'm working on. And there's, there's a continued conversation about, you know, the wealth gap. There's a big gap or there's articles are coming out over these past couple of weeks 
about how the gap between rich and poor continues to widen. So in my opinion, I think entrepreneurship is the way to close that gap. It was certainly the way to close that gap for our family. And I think it's a great way for people to kind of set their own goals with respect to how much money they want to make and what they want to do with it. As an entrepreneur, it's not easy, but you you can set your own goals as far as money is concerned. More importantly, as an entrepreneur, you also have the ability to impact others, to create jobs and to create a ripple effect in your community. So you don't have to buy into um, what's being said out there in the marketplace, you can actually create your own destiny. So I strongly recommend it. And I invite people again to visit my website, jeanchristensonassociates.com, as I am really passionate about entrepreneurship and I'm also passionate about helping others achieve success in the space. Well, Jane Christensen of J. Christensen Associates, LLC. I got it right at the end of the interview. So, hey, better late than never. And, uh, hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, enlightening talk on anybody looking to secure more business with the government. So, again, thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Carrie Murphy, CEO of Inspired Living, is a video and marketing expert and says that people are getting in their own way when it comes to making video. The world needs you, according to Carrie, and your video does not need to be perfect. Just start. And here's a little bit more from Carrie. Just start. Don't worry about it being perfect or right or having everything figured out. I know that's contrary to some people say, have a business plan, have a five-year plan, know everything. I've never operated that way. Um, That may be a good or bad thing, but now we're very clear. But I think sometimes, Jeff, we stay paralyzed because we don't trust ourselves and because we don't have all the answers. Hey, if you'd like to help us grow the show, and believe me, your role is important in doing this because the only way to truly grow on a podcast is through a grassroots effort. So if you could go to womenreallymeanbusiness.com and then go to the grow the show section, there are four things you can do on there. But if you did just one of the four on that page, it would help us immensely. And thank you in advance for your help.